DIY automated insulin delivery for Android. You've been asking for it, and here it is. Welcome to Diabetech. I'm Justin. I have type 1 diabetes, and on here, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, and management with industry leaders, educators, and those thriving with diabetes. As many of you know, I've been using DIY systems for about two years now. First, it was DIY Loop, and now I've been on IAPS for about four months. These two systems offer more customization and control than FDA cleared systems, but they only work on iPhone. Android APS, which stands for Android Automated Pancreas System, works for Android phones and has been around since 2016. I spoke with a user named Sandra. She has type 1 diabetes since 1999 and has been on Android APS for two years now. Prior to that, she was using DIY Loop for a year and she found that the Android DIY system worked better for her. Android APS uses the OREF1 algorithm, which is the same algorithm as IAPS, the DIY system that I've been using and I've also covered on this podcast before. At the time of this interview, Sandra was using Android APS version 3.0. This version of the software has unannounced meal technology and, and similar functions as IAPS, but it doesn't have the dynamic settings like dynamic ISF and dynamic carb ratio. These features are available now with version 3.2. And since our interview, Sandra took the plunge into version 3.2, and I'll be reconnecting with her in a few weeks to hear about her experience. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on podcast platforms and on YouTube in video form. So be sure to follow wherever you prefer. And if you're on YouTube, give this video a like and comment below with your thoughts. Keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or content on any of my pages is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. Android APS is experimental and not approved by the FDA or regulatory authorities. You take full responsibility for using Android APS and you do so at your own risk. All right, here it is. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm very excited to talk to you about an Android version of DIY. Yes, same to you. Very cool to be here. And uh, it's a topic I'm very passionate about. So I look forward to to discussing it with you. I love that. But before we get into AAPS, can you give us a little background on your diabetes journey through the tech that you've used? Yes, of course. So I was diagnosed in 1999 when I was nine years old. So that's a few years now. And um I started off with uh, pens and the, the old-fashioned uh, machines where you uh, use blood from your finger to measure your, your blood sugar. Uh, there were some pumps available at that time, but they were really huge and they had long cables. Uh, so it was a different uh, kind of pumps than those are that are available now. And I was very skeptical as a child towards using a, a pump. so. I used uh, pens for many years until 2021, where I discovered that there was actually uh, half automated uh, uh, do-it-yourself loop system available, and that's when I when I realized that you could actually have a 
pump without a cable, really small pump, an Omnipod, and also have the automation part of it. And at that point, it felt really right to try out the pumps that I had been so skeptical towards uh, since my since I was diagnosed, basically. Um, so yeah, I started with a, a do-it-yourself loop uh, system on an iPhone. Uh, and I used that together with the Omnipod uh, Arrows, which was the only option available for, for loop at that point in time. Uh, I used it together with the, the Riley link, um, which is the yeah. thing, yeah, connecting the, uh, the Arrows pod to the phone. Um, and then at some point, the Norwegian health system wanted to push me over to the Omnipod Dash. And that's when I discovered AAP, AAPS. Um, and um, yeah, that's how I, I ended up on that. So it was a bit of a push that was needed. Yeah, because you had told me that at the time when that happened, that push happened, DIY Loop didn't support Omnipod Dash Pods yet, right? You. Yes. But AAPS did. Yes. So I think at that time, uh, AAPS was uh, pretty new and it was the only system I found, at least, uh, that was actually supporting the, the dashboard. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how I ended up trying it out. Um, and uh, it worked fantastically is the, the, the bottom line, I would say. Mm -hmm. How long were you on DIY Loop? I was on that for a bit more than a year, I think. Yeah. And then when did you switch to AAPS? How long have you been on that? That's, uh, I switched during spring, yeah, June 2022 is when I switched. So it's one and a half year now. Yeah, a bit more. Yeah. Do you know how long AAPS has been around? No, I don't. I don't have okay. the exact uh, exact uh, dates. The only thing I know, I, I, I think it was pretty new when when I started it. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. AAPS works with Dexcom G6, G7, CGMs, uh, and Omnipod and old Medtronic pumps. Does it work with any other CGMs or pumps? Yeah, so I know most people use it with Dexcom um, and Omnipod, as you said, uh, but I think it's also possible to use it with Libra. Um, so, so it's possible to to look into at least. Okay, yeah, I'll look into how that works in the future because I mean, more options the better for for everyone. How involved, or rather, how are you involved in the DIY space? in the community? Yeah, good, good question. So I think um, I'll have to start by saying that I don't think I would have been using AAPS without the, the community. That being said, I think I'm a pretty average involved person. I uh, ask, have asked for help to the community when I've needed it. Um, I've got to know a few people through the community that I, I share a lot of experiences with that I um, ask for help or if there's something I don't understand. Uh, however, I wouldn't say I'm like one of the super active contributors. I, I have helped a few people uh, building uh, both the, the loop system and also the APS system. Um, but I think 
you know, I'm, I'm a completely average active person in the in the community. It's not something I spend a lot of time in. For, for me, the APS is is, uh, is more of a hygiene factor in my life rather than something I invest a lot of time into, which I know a few people like that are super passionate about it do. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not one of the, the front drivers, so to speak. So Magnus was who connected us. Magnus was on an earlier episode of the podcast uh, talking about IAPS, which is the same algorithm, but but on iPhone. And I've been using it myself. Yeah. He. So you met him through the AAPS community, right? And he yeah. helped you get on it? Yes, he did. What was that process like? So the process was that um, I was forced to go away from Eros and I got a bit desperate. And my husband actually started searching around Facebook to find uh, alternatives for, for looping without uh, Eros. Uh, and we found the, the AAPS group. Um, and I think that's also where my husband by incident found Magnus, who lived in Oslo, actually been working at the same, or is working at a company that I used to work for. Uh, and I basically just um, messaged him on Facebook and he got a response and he gave me a response. We met up, um, he walked me through the building process we had a few video meetings actually where he he supported me with it for the first time uh, and ever since magnus has been you know helping me when i when i have questions and uh yeah we're sharing experiences from using the system but also experiences about diabetes in in general i would say do you find that like now now magnus is on iaps but it's still like a similar system are you too able to talk about your systems and compare them and the way that you're using them because they are so similar? Uh, I don't think we, we do that a lot in general. I think we would be able to, um, but Magnus is also, I would say a super user in a range <laughs> of different systems. So he can very quickly, you know, get back to the AAPS world uh, and discuss that. But while I haven't been trying out IAPS, so I, I don't, you know, the, I don't know the detail, the dif differences in detail. Um, but uh, there are definitely similarities and we do send a lot of screenshots to each other and I can, I can see, you know, that it, in many ways, it works in the same ways. Yeah, you you had sent over some screenshots, and I and we're gonna look at those in a bit. And just the home screen, there were aspects of it specifically with like the lines and the trajectory and where your blood sugar is going that reminded me of IAPS, and and I I felt at home in a way looking at it. Tell me a little bit more about the build experience. I know that you had help, so so it's slightly slanted compared to someone who's just going to go and do it themselves, which I think ultimately everyone should look for help if they're getting on on this. It's called DIY, do it yourself, but it's really do it with the community, <laughs> you know? So tell me a little bit more about what that experience has been like and, and have you had to rebuild it since then? Or is it like you build it once and it's done? Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, 
I can say a little bit about my my background and how it felt when I was going to start doing this uh, for yeah. the first time with the that was with the the um, YI loop. That was the first time I experienced this at all. But but um, I'm I'm definitely not a technical person. I don't have a technical background. I I I would say I'm technology user savvy, but that's really it. So it felt like. I can't do this without any help. Um, and I received a lot of help from Magnus, from a few friends of mine also that are, are more technical than I am. Um, but I think my key takeaway from the building is that it feels really huge when you do it for the first time, especially if, you, if you're not um, have a background as a developer or, or are used to that kind of, of work. But when you under, what you will understand that it, there is a process and it's like when you learn the step one, two, three, and you repeat them a few times, uh, it will go much easier. Uh, and I don't really understand what I'm doing when I'm building it. I'm basically just following what I learned. And sometimes I fail and I'll just try again. And at some point it works and it's fine. So I think... Now I don't spend a lot of time, you know, refreshing it or, or rebuilding it. Um, the first time took a bit longer. Um, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that you, you don't really need to understand the technology in detail to do this. And there is, as, uh, as uh, I think most people have seen, a huge uh, documentation for every single step in the process. So... You can uh, you can always go back to the documentation. You could ask the community uh, for help. There are a lot of helpful people there, so that's how I got through it. Yeah, it's funny because I'm the same way with at least with DIY Loop. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm following the instructions. Yeah. I'm typing things into the terminal on Mac, and it things are running. And it opens Xcode and then it says, you know, click this and I, and I click all the things and it works or there were moments when it didn't work. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this again. And it, and then it eventually worked. There was always one step with DIY loop. I don't remember what it was, but it, it never worked for me. And I meant to like create my own private tutorial for myself every time I had to do it. Cause with, with DIY loop, you have to build it every year. Yeah. It's related to, you know, how long, I guess, a developer app can can last on your phone. Um, yeah. And I and IAPS, I believe, is the same thing. Does AAPS need to be rebuilt once a year or is it once it's built, it's done? I have rebuilt it uh, once. Um, I think it should be rebuilt at a certain interval. Um, but... My way of going about this is, is uh, yeah, I should probably have checked this out, but I, I just follow the group. And when I see that there is a need to rebuild, I'll do it. And I also know that you will get a notification in the, the app if it goes too oh, long wow. since you rebuilt. Um, and I had never, never got that. So Okay. Now tell me a little bit about what it was like first getting on AAPS. It's it's a scary moment getting on a new system just in general. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, what that 
what those first few days, weeks were like. Yeah, those were those were weird weeks, and not because of AAPS. But what I what I was doing was that I was forced over to to start AAPS just before I fly to Serbia to have my wedding there um, because I wow. ran out of the the arrows. Uh, so I was going to Serbia. I was going to have three weeks, and then I was going to get married. And then the first day in Serbia, I got COVID. So I was basically oh <laughs> three weeks. Um, and then a wedding day was my, my first meeting with AAPS. And it sounds like a disaster, but it was actually amazing. I, I don't think my, uh, my sugar has ever been that stable as when, when I've been, when I've been sick as, um, when I had COVID and was uh, running on AAPS. Might be many reasons for that. For one thing, maybe that I was just basically lying in my bed, not eating anything. And that kind of, uh, yeah, it's not good. But um, uh, it was actually a really good start. And I acknowledge it might be, for, for many people, I know it's hard to find the settings and it's a bit of a bumpy road to begin with. I had already used loops, so I, I had an idea about my settings and, and how to use it. Um, but what I experienced quickly compared to Loop, at least for me, uh, it worked a lot better. The algorithm, for some reason, was better suited for me. Um, it doesn't mean that's that's way for everyone, but that was my experience at least. Wow, yeah. For me, on... IAPS getting on it. I had help getting on it mm. and my settings um, were, it was, I was assisted in getting my settings to, to where they were. And um, there were moments where it was working really well. And then there were moments where it wasn't working well. So, and it's been um, somewhat of a, a bumpy road in certain ways. And then in other ways, it is working. I think I'm just like, there's, there's, a, there is a lot to tweak for me still. Yeah. And, and I've been on it for six weeks now. I've gotten a lot further and my, my blood sugars, um, can be very steady. Um, but then there's still moments that happen that I'm like, is this, is this working? But then it's yeah. hard to tell, be, right? Because sometimes just with diabetes, like things yeah. don't work, <laughs> like yeah. that you're yeah. going to have moments right so it's like distinguishing whether or not my settings are off or i like ate too much cake and didn't yeah. give myself enough insulin for it yeah it's been difficult around the holidays to gauge whether or not my iaps is is working well or not you know because it's a crazy time yeah um tell me a little bit about and, and this is like going to be really helpful for me too because I just switched from DIY loop to IAPS. Tell me a little bit about your transition from loop to AAPS. What differences did you notice? I think the, the biggest difference for me, and and uh, again, I'm not saying that was that's what everyone will experience, but for me, it my my blood sugar got way more stable. I don't know what it is because I I, I don't understand the algorithm, um, but it works better. Uh, it's way more stable. And then you have uh, a few features that uh, are different. So what uh, what DYI loop 
didn't have that I got through the AAPS was um, the temp target function. It's basically setting a, a temporary target for your sugar levels. I use it a lot when I work out uh, or, for example, when I see that I'm a little high, but I'm going to eat in half an hour and I want it to go down faster than, than usually for that meal. I use the temp target and it's basically the algorithm sending your blood sugar towards a different target than you usually have. So, for example, I use a temp target of 10 when I work out. And that means that my my the algorithm will not give me any insulin unless it's uh, is predicting that I will go go above 10 over the next uh, five hours or, or what that period is for you. And, and same with the, if you have the, we have a pre-meal target, for example, uh, I don't usually use that. I use it if I see like, I'm going to lunch in half an hour, I'm still on eight. I want to get down to four before that. And then you can use the pre-meal target of four, for example. Now it's, it's also something useful when you see, when, when you can see that you're going to get a hypo, but the algorithm does not identify it. So so you understand that, okay, so now it's too aggressive. I will use a hypo temp target, um, which is basically a bit of a higher target than you, you usually do. How, how does that work? By the way, I've put a screenshot up that you had sent me on the screen for everyone to see while you're talking about this. So feel free to refer yep. to it. That yep. hypo setting, I see a button for it. What do you mean when you know you're going to have a hypo, but the app doesn't, does that mean like when you, when you have an inaccurate Dexcom reading, you test your blood sugar, you're like, oh, it says I'm, you know, 140, I'm going to use US measurements, 140, yeah. but I'm actually 69, <laughs> which is, which is low. Yes. Is that what that's for those, those moments? Yes, it, it can be. Um, definitely. If you know that you're, you're, you have a Dexcom reading that is inaccurate. Uh, but it can also be um, when you see if you if you recognize that the algorithm right now for some reason is too aggressive. Uh, it doesn't usually happen. My settings are okay, but I can I I know that that I'm going low. I know that this level of insulin will be too high. Um, then I use the hypo uh, target. For example, if I have been running to the to the bus uh, and the the algorithm doesn't detect that and it's going lower than what it predicts it to if that makes sense that makes total sense actually i feel like there there are those moments when i randomly will hop on a bike to get somewhere because the, there's city bike in new york you don't i don't own a bike i just hop on one and take it to a dock and then all of a sudden i finish that bike ride and i'm like oh my goodness my app has no idea I just did this. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. probably going to go low. And yeah. what I would have to do is eat a low snack hmm. or or be very like aware of my levels and then eat a low snack later. I like this. So this hypo button, how does it work? Does it have already pre-installed settings that you put that that are there every time? Or do you have to, every time you use it, put in a target and a duration? They are you you they are pre um, predefined. So, okay. uh, but but I or the user defines the the targets. So it's basically 
individual needs. I have my hypo setting for 30 minutes on, on eight. Um, I don't know what's that in, what that's in, in American measures. I'm so, sorry. I'll and then the, <laughs> depending on how long you work out, how long you experience that, uh, if you experience that you usually go low after you're done working out, or if you usually go high after you're done working out. So you can, you can predefine all of, um, all of that. And, Eight uh, millimoles is one forty-four milligrams per deciliter, which happens to also be I, I set mine to one forty when I need a higher, a higher target. So that's yeah. pretty on par. Today's episode is sponsored by T1D Exchange. You can directly make an impact on diabetes healthcare treatments and technology by participating in the T1D Exchange registry. It starts with a simple survey about your life with T1D and it only takes about 15 minutes. After that, you'll have a personal portal with ongoing T1D study and survey opportunities from research on technology, daily T1D management, and more. Plus, some of these studies even offer for compensation. Signing up with the link in the show notes helps support my channel and it allows me to continue putting out free content. You can sign up at t1dexchange.org slash diabetic or click that link in today's show notes. Now for the episode. I haven't really experimented with temp targets um, very much. I've more yeah. so experimented with profiles on IAPS, which I did want to ask you about. There are profiles on AAPS, right? Yes. There what, are. what are profiles? Um, like, I'm wondering, maybe they are different in some way. So I'm going to put that screenshot on screen for people to see. Um, so what is a profile for AAPS? Uh, I think the profile for AAPS is pretty much the same as for IAPS and also for as for a regular pump. Uh, so you have the the basal. Um, I'll just also find it on my screen, so my own screen, so I don't forget anything. Uh, but you have the the basal rate, which is uh, the insulin that you get all the time, a little bit of insulin every five minutes. Uh, you have the ISF, which is your insulin sensitivity sensitivity factor, and that's how much insulin you need for your your blood sugar to drop by. A certain amount of uh, um, level. Uh, you have the DIA, which is the 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 time your ins the insulin is active in your body. Like how long will it be active in your body? And you have the the targets. Yeah, you know something I'm noticing on your profile page versus what mine would look like on IAPS is yours has time brackets, whereas mine has nothing to do with time brackets. My profiles tend to be something I turn this on because I'm going to be doing something for I'm going to be riding a bike for the next three hours, yeah. whereas yours looks like a a new day, like a full day profile. Yeah. Is that correct? <laughs> Yes, and I've experimented a bit back and forth, and for a really long time I didn't do the the time brackets. Um, okay. Recently, I found that 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 works. Um, I know that certain times of the day I I usually am more or less insulin insulin sensitive, so it's it's based on on that really. Wow, so it's all so it's almost it is the same thing as IAPS, but you have a little more flexibility with not only are you putting on a temporary profile 
based off of an activity, mm. but you're also able to change incrementally the times of day for yeah. that profile and how it would affect you. Am I, is that uh, correct? I think the time is, is for uh, a certain profile. So if you look at the screenshot and on the top, you can see that it says local profile one. So mm -hmm. these are the setting for one profile. And then I can change to uh, local profile two, which has different settings and different uh, uh, basal rates, for example, for different times of the day. Mine doesn't have the the time brackets. So oh, yeah. no, it doesn't. Or at mm. least I've never unlocked that myself. I'm going to go on IAPS, look at my profiles and more options. Yeah, it has no no options for time brackets. Okay. That's that's um, interesting. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Also, this one I can change the target and the insulin delivery percentage. And there's some other settings too, but it it seems to be a little bit different than AAPS. So I I'm kind of I want to learn more about like kind of what those differences are um in a separate conversation. So what why would you use a profile versus a temp target. So my profile, it's, it rarely changes. Uh, it changes um, when I see that over a certain amount of time, uh, I, for example, go too high, I go too low, I, uh, on certain, during certain times of the day, while a temp target is, uh, target is that, oh, I'm actually going to work out after we are finished recording this. And then I'm going to put on my temp target, but I don't know that in advance. I don't plan for working out at six o'clock um, every day. Uh, so that's not going to be in my profile. So, so the profile is more constant uh, and it's, it's based on my and usual needs during the day. While a temp target is more, it, it's more similar to an override. It's like, now I'm going to do this. I didn't plan for it. I'm, I'm going to do it and I need to adjust. Okay. I think I'm, it, it's funny because I'm, because I am so new to IAPS, I'm still looking at it like DIY loop in the sense mm -hmm. that my profiles I've been using as overrides mm -hmm. and maybe that's not how I should be using them. Maybe I should be using them more as a, I'm sick. I'm going to put on a new profile because I'm sick. Um, and especially looking at AAPS with the time brackets, it seems like it's much more catered to an, ex to a, to a usage like that than yeah. the way I'm using it on IAPS. Hmm. Let's get into a little bit more about how the app works. Uh, it's dynamic settings. I already went over a lot of this in my episode with IAPS. So if people are listening and want to really dive deep into how the algorithm works, that's a good episode to listen to next, um, mm. the one with Magnus and Teresa. But uh, it's the same algorithm. It's o, the OREF1 algorithm. But one of the settings I want to talk about is the UAM feature, the unannounced meal feature. Mm. Can you explain to me how this works and how it's working for you? Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the uh, UAM feature is... Uh it's supposed to detect meals that you're not announcing to your algorithm, to, to, to the, um, to the app. Uh, 
And I know it, it works differently for, for different people. For me, it, it works with small meals or it works with a coffee. And it's basically that when the algorithm detects that your sugar is, is uh, suddenly starting to rise for no uh, obvious uh, reason, uh, it, will, um, adjust, um, it, it, it will adjust insulin thereafter. So, and I know a few people have uh, only used the UIAM function and do not announce any meals. Um, for me, that, that does not work. Um, so I, but it works for like having a handful of nuts. It works for a coffee with milk. It works for smaller things, but not, not for having dinner or lunch. Then I, I announce it. Okay. So what is, how are you announcing meals? What are you, are you logging carbs? Are you giving yourself a bolus? Are you doing both or are you just doing one? Yeah. What, what's that process like? So I, I used to announce the carbs in uh, what's in, in AAPS, it's called a calculator. And I just enter the uh, uh, estimated amount of carbs that I'm going to eat to the calculator and uh, I click submit and the system um, calculates the amount of bolus that I should have. I want to look at that, that screenshot. Yeah. You sent me a screenshot. Uh, it, it's of the home screen. So can you explain yeah. to me what the uh, different buttons on the bottom are? I see an insulin, a carbs, and a calculator button. Yeah. So, so the calculator button is the, the function I just uh, explained um, where I usually announce carbs. Uh, you could also uh, use the insulin button. That is not for announcing carbs. It's basically for overriding what the algorithm tells you to do. So, for example, if I've been high for a really long time, I, I get more insulin resistant. And sometimes the algorithm doesn't succeed in identifying that. And then I can override by just giving myself a dose of insulin. Uh, the carbs um, function is, uh, I, I don't use that very much, um, but I know a lot of people use it a lot, but that's for announcing carbs without uh, instantly bolusing for those carbs. So it means that you're telling the, the algorithm that I think I'm going to eat 20 grams of carbs um, now or soon. And then the, the algorithm will await until it detects the effect of those carbs by giving you that insulin. Yeah, that's that's a major difference between IAPS and DIY loop. Because um, when you tell DIY loop, I'm eating this many carbs, it's like, okay, you are eating this many carbs and we are yeah. going to account for this. Whereas yeah. with um, the IAPS, AAPS, or the algorithm OREF1, it's says, okay, you are eating that many carbs, but I'm not going to trust you until I see it. And that's when I will officially act, yeah. which is why sometimes, or, or at least myself and many others who are using it will not only log those carbs, but still give a certain amount of insulin, either the, um, the recommended amount, which is what I tend to use. Uh, but some other people will just, you know, give, give a certain base amount and let the algorithm take hold of it. Um, so one thing you mentioned was your ISF and how the app will attempt to figure out 
you know, what your ISF is. That's one of the dynamic settings, right? The dynamic ISF changing your insulin sensitivity factor with where it expects it is based off of um, all the information it's getting. So one area where your this dynamic ISF lives is on a setting through uh, called AutoSense. I'm wondering if you can give us a little insight on your relationship with AutoSense uh, and those settings, because um, I, I think I need a little help with that or a little advice. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm actually not on the version with the dynamic ISF yet because I haven't uh, I haven't rebuilt for that unfortunately but I have uh, I have looked um, looked into it and I think it looks really interesting I've also used uh, autosense the, the, the a web version of autosense where you upload all your data and the system can or, or autosense can give you a feedback like whether it looks like you have the right settings in place um, which was useful, but it, it, it needs to be, you, you should probably look at it with, uh, and critically as well. Um, but I found it very, very useful, but not something to put, yeah, trust blindly. Why have you not updated to the most recent app, the dynamic one? What's, what's, why are you hesitating there? Uh, honestly, it's only because I feel very comfortable with where I'm uh, at now. And uh, it's uh, I, I'm very positive to the dynamic ISF and the dynamic uh, carbs function. Um, it's just like, uh, you know, it, it works really well now. I uh, And I haven't put myself together and done it yet because I know it all it always you know takes some some time and effort to to change those things but uh, do you think you'll do that eventually definitely okay I think I think the reason why I don't feel pushed to do it more soon is because I'm I'm very content with how how things are working now as well so uh, it can always get better but if it didn't work well now I would I would probably have done it faster yeah there was there was another screenshot you had sent me that uh, says automation event on it. What is an automation event on on this app? That's basically that you can uh, create your own rules. So since I'm not on the dynamic ISF version, I have created a rule that says, uh, for example, um, when I go high, I wanted to change my profile to to 120% of my usual profile. Or you can create rules that says, um, I know, for example, Magnus has created a rule that says when, when uh, the phone detects or the GPS detects that he's close to his gym, it will automatically change his temp target. So there are a lot of cool things you can you can nerd around about about the the rules, but I think the autom automation rules the the most common ones would be uh, that you change your profile uh, when you go very high, for example, um, to to, um, to it, it's kind of the same uh, as uh, or to to compensate for higher insulin resistance. Interesting. It's like an if this, then that feature. Is automation event included in the latest version of AAPS or is it unnecessary because of the dynamic settings? 
Uh, I don't think it's unnecessary. I think it's the, the automation rules is an opportunity to, to create more of your own app based on your, or your own needs. So obviously the dynamic ISF will, will, uh, kind of take some of the necessities away, but there are still a lot of things I guess you can play around with, um, yeah, there, there, you, you could go really creative about the, the rules and have a lot of fun with them based on, for example, if you can, can have it detect when you're sleeping. Okay, okay. Tell me a little bit about the, the watch app for AAPS. Do you, do you wear an Android watch at all times? Yes. Okay, the Samsung Gear? Yes, so I rarely take it off and I, I uh, have my... Uh, sugar level there and that's the only thing i want to have there to be honest because uh, i want to see that clearly whenever I, I look at it so that was also a bit of a difference uh, from when i used uh, back in the day when i when i used um uh, do it yourself loop together with the riley link because the with the riley link i often found that the watch really struggled to connect to to yeah so it it really worked to to take insulin with the watch for example and that's a lot better with the AAPS interesting i mean to my knowledge the riley link doesn't necessarily connect the watch to the phone right no. or or it doesn't really play a link but i mean i do understand that you'd have it. The Riley link caused a lot of issues <laughs> and it was a, it, it's a bit, there's a, a large reason if anyone's still using the Riley link, fantastic piece of technology. It got us to where we are today, but now it is outdated and unnecessary and anyone using it should, should look to remove it from the, from the uh, equation and just go Bluetooth with, with dash pods. Yes. Do, are you using, so you're using the AAPS app, on your Samsung, is that the main screen that you're seeing? Uh, the main screen is actually a screen that Magnus has customized. Uh, oh. so, <laughs> wow. So I use that as the main screen, but uh, I also have the, have the um, app on the watch where you can bolus and you can set temp targets, um, but you cannot change any settings and, and more mm -hmm. complicated stuff like that. But it's, it's a really good thing if you're in a meeting or if you're if you don't want to you know uh, be unpolite and look at your phone yeah. it, it's it's good to have your your watch what exactly is the app that magnus gave you how 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 did you implement that the 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 front page on the or the what do you call how it how did you specifically get the app onto the watch like where oh. does that app that app live what is that an AAPS app or is that like a widget that he created that takes that information? It's a widget that Magnus created and basically sent me on my Gmail and then I just wow. downloaded it. <laughs> wow, very cool. I would love for you to send over a picture of that. Yeah, I'll do. Why do you think people should know about these systems like AAPS? I think AAPS or, or DYI loop for uh, also is a very important addition to diabetes treatment these days. Um, 
I think everyone should have knowledge about all the options available and be able to choose the option that works best for them. Uh, and for me, um, both Loop and AAPS has been fantastic and a revolution to how I handle my diabetes. And, and uh, it has made it way easier to not think about diabetes in my day-to-day -day life. And I know that's the sake for a lot of people. It doesn't mean it works for everyone, uh, but I think everyone should know about it to be able to, to make an informed choice on how they, they want to treat their diabetes. And we're living in 2023 and technology is amazing. So let's use it for, for something that's really valuable. What improvements would you like to see come to AAPS? Well, this is this is probably far off in the future, um, but I think it would be really cool to to find some reasonable way to connect your activity levels um, automatically into Loop. So, for example, um, when your watch records how many calories you burn, that it can automatically um, go into the, the algorithm and lower your target or whatever functionalities that are, are being used, or you could use your heartbeat, or I don't know which one would be make most, or which measure would make most sense, but to find some way to connect um, activity into the algorithm automatically would be really cool. But I reckon that's, that's in the future. Uh, I don't think uh, we're there yet. I've thought about that a lot, how, yeah. <laughs> how much information our step count and yeah. our heart rate can really provide into this because it is all connected, right? I mean, your yeah. heart rate can be elevated from working out. It could also be elevated from stress. Yes. You know, so, so I think that there, or, or there are ways that it can be used to affect um, an algorithm. And yeah. um, I assume... Well, for iPhone, there's the Apple Health app, which yeah. I'm already uh, using in some ways. My IAPS will send my insulin usage to Apple Health, which is very cool. Yeah. And then, I, you know, Samsung has their own fitness apps uh, and ways of connecting that stuff. So that would be very cool to see um, and could be the next step in where these algorithms go, at least at least in the DIY space. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're closer there with DIY than um, yeah. than with like the general <laughs> consumer products. Um, well, Sandra, thank you so much. It was so uh, interesting to learn more about AAPS. And um, if and when you do decide to move over to the dynamic app, yes. that would it would be interesting to kind of hear that experience um, yes. and kind of like what changes come from that. Definitely. Thank you so much, Justin. It was great speaking to you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. To learn more about Android APS, check out the link in today's show notes. Stay tuned for my second conversation with Sandra. It should be coming out in the next few weeks. It'll be a bit of a shorter episode, just focusing on those dynamic settings and her experience kind of switching over to that. Stay tuned for more IAPS content on YouTube and on the podcast. Now that I've been on it for four months, I feel like I've really refined the settings to a point where I feel more comfortable talking about it. There's still more 
way to go, but uh, I'm really happy with it. My sugar levels are looking pretty good. For exclusive videos and interviews and to support the show, check out my Patreon with the link in today's show notes. There's a lot going on over there. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday, wherever you listen and on YouTube. I've got a link to my YouTube channel and all my social media accounts down in the description as well. I'm Justin and I'll see you next week.